0: Good morning, welcome to This Week in Caribbean Art and Culture. I'm Melissa Hunter Davis, founder of Sugarcane Magazine, and I am here with the two best hostesses in the world, starting with Suzanne Friedrichs.
1: Hi, morning everybody, Suzanne Friedrichs here. Susie Wong presents, based in Kingston,
0: Jamaica. And Maria.
2: Marianne Ortiz, creator and writer, based in Miami.
0: So this episode is a little bit different um, because not only are we talking about the news, but it's also the end of the school year for elementary school kids, high schoolers. Shout out to all the high schoolers who are graduating this year, my senior Mm -hmm. included, as well as college students and those getting their master's degrees. And we have an MFA student here who's going to tell us about her practice, but we'll get to her in a second before we get there, we want to talk about the news. So we kind of jumped the gun and already talked about one element already. Ladies, anything else going on in the news that we should discuss?
1: Uh, Sure. Well, the last week we talked about, the last episode we talked about the Artadia Awards. Um, Both Jeffrey Maris and Kim um, have been awarded the award. So that's fantastic news. They both announced that um, I think yesterday. Um, there's also LeVar Monroe, Bahamian artist, fantastic, who is showing with Jack Bell Gallery. I think that opens next week, the 11th of May. Um, a new body of work. I think it's his eighth solo show with Jack Bell in London. Um, and that is, I think it's titled, though it is titled, Of Seafaring Men, which is really about his father and that whole kind of dynamic in the Caribbean. Um, and also Charmaine Watkiss has a solo show coming up at Tawani, in Lagos, their new location in Lagos, um, titled The Company She Keeps, um, part of a group show. But I think that's really exciting as well. And I would say, I know everyone is familiar here with the film The Harder They Come. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's kind of iconic. Nadine, you know how what it means here at home. Yes. So Justine Hensel, yeah, Justine Hensel is doing a... Um, I think it's the 40th anniversary of the film and she's staging a huge exhibition at their product well the family um, property which is a huge old building where a lot of the production of that film happened and it now has its contemporary kind of um, place in the creative landscape here um, housing various different exhibitions at different times and and um, music production architects, things like that, you know, all work within the space. I don't know the title is yet, she's gonna send me some information, but she's commissioned over 40 contemporary um, Jamaican artists to engage with the ideas and the influence of the film. So um, she's been sharing with me undercover some some of the work that's coming in and it really looks fantastic. And that opens on June the 4th and there should be some online presence around that as well. So I'll keep you all up to date.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that. And where's that happening again?
1: 10A King's House, um, East King's House Road in Kingston, Jamaica. But I know knowing Justine, she's a film um, director and producer are currently working here on an HBO production for the new Marlon James um, screenplay. And just knowing how there'll be great production around it for online viewing, for access, different ways of looking at things. And probably, you know, a series of talks as well around the history of the film and all of that. So I'll keep I'll keep everybody up
2: to date with that.
0: Awesome. I look forward to seeing that. So are we trying to go to Jamaica? So when we have the-
2: to go for the biennial.
0: Yeah, it starts with when- the biennial. Is-
1: with a is schedule to open the June 26th,
0: okay.
1: um, this exhibition will be open. Um, the Heart of They Come. I'm not, like I say, I'm not sure what she's titling it. That will be open at the time. Um, there's going to be another exhibition. I think Laura Facy's exhibition, um, Laboratory of the Ticking Heart, which opened, I should talk about that too, actually, which opened last weekend in Kingston is really fantastic as is normal for Laura. Nadine yeah. can testify to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Melinda Brown has curated it. They worked together over the years for a long time. And she has a new series. I mean it's really, really kind of emotive work. Um, huge. She's a sculptor. So there are some there are some sketches and studies, but essentially it is um, the whole exhibition is based, this title is based on a poem that her grandmother wrote. And it's that moment where the heart explodes in, with emotion and whatever that emotion might be. So, she's, so the work is all about these various, very kind of um, evocative and powerful and really, I don't know, tense, intense um, moments in Jamaican history. Uh, so it's, it's lovely. She has, she's housed it in a old hall downtown. So there's a a whole regeneration effort for an arts district downtown, which is part of the Kingston creative movement today. They have an event where they're bringing the same, a a group of women from St. Anne who practice, I I haven't seen it yet, but who are very much folk practitioners of dance and song. And um, there's a performance there this afternoon at one o'clock. The exhibition itself, there's this monumental work in the center of it um, called the three graces. And it's, it's part of her hearts of the world series where um, this, this, this notion of separation, she's trying to bring together, like, you know, all the various hearts of the world and her dream is I think for the work to spread far and wide globally. Um, and these the three graces are the kind of work that's moving through the really traumatic history that she's talking about in other work in the show. Um, There's a fabulous piece um, about the cockpit country. You have to see it. You really have to see it. So I would urge people to go on to Laura Faces' IG. That would be where you can get some visuals and any kind of connections around that will come through that IG account. So instead of me trying to describe the work, I'm just going to say, you know, have a look. Have a look there and any kind of talks, or films made around each series will be housed
2: there, and you can check it out. I
0: love
2: it. I, I also wanted to mention. Um, well, I wanted to first congratulate. You know, this past um, weekend there was a big gala for Susie. What's the name of their organization? Um, um, yes, American Friends
1: of Jamaica.
0: Yes,
1: and they did uh, They funded the amazing work that. Um, Kingston Creative did, I think in partnership with the Bayesian, I think it was either Fresh Milk or Tilting Access. I'm not, I can't quite recall, but um, the Catapults um, grant, which was during COVID and they funded like hundreds of artists to be able to access online um, capacity in terms of training and skills, as well as, you know, presenting their works at home residencies. It was very cool. And they had a big fundraising event last weekend at uh, Perez.
3: Yeah. And
1: they invited two artists from Kingston Creative to come up, and um, I'm working with Kingston Creative on uh, some of the oh, projects. That was, that-
3: that was um, Natu and um, Richard Natu and Anita Russell. Richard, um, yes, yes.
1: Russell. They came up and they showed some work. They were part of the auction. Um, it was part, you know, to, to create more relationship with the actual beneficiaries of the grant, as well as to, you know, kind of network, build a community of sorts. So the American Friends of Jamaica, obviously, a lot of Jamaicans in, in Miami were there, you know. So it's like a, it was it was really good. And the artists really enjoyed it. And it looked like
2: a lot of fun. Were you there, Maria? I was not there. <laughs> but I did meet with Onika the following day. And, oh, uh, lovely. And, you know, they met their fundraising goal. So it was just, it was just like, congratulations. And yeah, um, awesome. if anybody wants to get involved in fundraising with this initiative, um, now you know. Exactly. Um, I
0: thought to, <laughs> so to in town for, for that, Susie. I was hoping, um, it occurred to me a couple of days ago. <laughs> I said, wait a minute, I forgot about that event. But I guess you're getting ready for Paris, so. Yes, artwork.
1: it was. Yeah, it's all been a bit mad, you know. Um, yes, it is. Um, I would say, I mean, I was talking about all of that and Laura's show in context of what was happening in Jamaica around the when the biennial is being staged, and if you're coming in, what else you could see. Um, we have a new art space here, Creative Space, um, who hire out. It's, it's, it's a nice kind of white cube space, and they hire it out to artists. It gives artists access to space a space where they can really show new work etc so there is 20 sinclair a young emerging artist from here who's been at nls and worked with me during last year's atlantic world art fair is um has a new body of work really interesting and he'll be having his show there over that time as well anything else that comes up i'll certainly let you guys know nice.
0: so the fairs are pretty good um, if you are going to the biennial it if- I've just saw like flights for 326. I don't even know if that's the best <laughs> price. Lucky you. I don't Look know if that's the, the price. Oh, no, 329. From Jamaica, from
1: Jamaica out is twice that. They yeah. still don't want us to go anywhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but my airline that I love, Delta, is like $3,000. And that's a no. <laughs> that's a oh, no. Wow. I will skip that's those
2: That's crazy. Yeah, that no, is crazy. Will,
0: it is. I will skip those. And you have to make a stop. I don't know where the stop is. And I don't like having a to stop to Kingston. Maybe Delta does. For whatever reason, Delta doesn't fly in. I don't um, think I've never. No, I don't really hear of Delta here. Okay.
1: Yeah, they well, must have a, American,
0: a lot. It's three twenty-nine or Spirit. You know, you're just trying to get there. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need anything else. You just need to arrive, and you want to pick. Well, no, it's three ten without luggage. So you know, once you put luggage on, you're looking at four ten. Mm. but whatever so there are some good prices and some actually great prices on hotel rooms for that same week i did like five days really good prices so if you don't have summer plans and you got some summer money you should head on over sounds like there's a lot going on and so with the biennial does it spread out across the island or is it just in kingston
1: um it's very kingston focused for the opening um just to be able to bring people together and people that are coming in from outside and diaspora etc so that that, you know there's going to be some programming although that hasn't been officially announced as yet
0: okay all right so we are looking forward to it i'm hoping you get to announce it here
1: of course and you know ac hotel um they are a fantastic place to stay they have their um, very contemporary public art collection, which <laughs> I curated for them. So I will push that because there you will get, it's very contemporary and you'll also get a very good sense of, of what's happening in, in Jamaican and Caribbean art by their collection. And some of the artists should be staying there as well.
0: AC Hotel, you can also sponsor this podcast. Okay, six, And six, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for here. We're going to take a break. Thank you very much to our new sponsors, FAMU. Mary? Hey, it's your truly DJ, Bulletproof of
3: iHeartRadio, and I'm sitting down with Virginia King, Program Administrator for Florida A&M University's Medical Marijuana Education and Research Initiative, a.k.a. Marion. This is a Mary's moment. Can you grow your own marijuana in Florida if you have a medical marijuana card? The answer actually is no, you can't. Florida law only allows licensed medical marijuana treatment centers to grow, process, and dispense marijuana. The department will refer any business or person suspected of violating state law to local law enforcement for investigation. It is
0: important to remember that marijuana is still illegal under federal law.
3: Once again, it's is yours truly, DJ Bulletproof of iHeartRadio, sitting down with Virginia King of Florida A&M University's Medical Marijuana Education and Research Initiative, a.k.a. Mary. Educate, learn, talk with Mary at mmeri.famu.edu.
2: So I wanted to mention, you know, the Cisneros Institute at MoMA. They just announced their fellows. And one of the fellows is Sofía Ralliza Muriente, who is an artist from Puerto Rico, living and working there. And she's going to be looking at... um, Basically, you know, Puerto Rico, as you know, is a U.S. colony and there's been a a lot of different independent movements and there's been a lot of surveillance, especially in the 60s, 70s and 80s. So she's going to be looking at documents that the Puerto Rican police had on different riots and different um, uh, raids that they did on activists that they were Mm -hmm. trying to decolonize the island. So that's really exciting in terms of and congratulations to Sofia and who actually we went to the same high school in Puerto Rico, <laughs> and um, and also even more important, the Mellon Foundation. I don't know if you saw they just announced a um, an initiative in Puerto Rico that they're investing eight million dollars in an employment program for artists. So Ooh. basically, um, in Puerto Rico, they ad- did a study. They did a study once that said that the um, annual income of artists is. Um, more or less, um, sixteen thousand dollars, a year, and less than half earn less than twelve thousand annually. Artists in the island, and now with this new program, they're going to be awarding three hundred artists uh, a salary of sixty-five thousand a year, with wow. um, with also like health benefits. For three years. Actually, it's approximately thirty-seven artists are going to receive fifty-eight thousand a year, uh, with health benefits and so on. And then others are gonna get different parts of funding. But basically it's, you know, a program that supports artistic careers in the island, which is a big deal.
0: That is a fantastic prize. Mm-hmm. You know how important that is? That's important to just an everyday person to have health insurance and a yeah. salary. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> exactly exactly and they 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 you know they basically partner with specific organizations there to then um uh, you know for example let's say there's there's a gallery space called El Lobby by Vanessa Hernandez Garcia she's been doing this out of the love of her heart like a lot of us do so they're creating a salary for her for keeping doing that you know so it's a way to like sustaining an artistic community in a place that is so um dire right yeah Um, so it's, you know, it's it's worth um, celebrating, right? Yeah. And hopefully yeah. other programs and other investments of this kind will happen across the region. Absolutely. That sounds amazing. Um, I forgot to mention as well, um,
1: news-wise, Ebony G. Patterson has opened a new exhibition in New York at Hales Gallery, um, that should be pretty amazing. She hasn't um, had a solo exhibition for a good few years, probably since Pam um, Maria, I think,
2: right? Yeah, I think. And then that show went to the Speed Art Museum. And I think that she did right. something there, like added to the show. But yeah, especially in a gallery. I don't know when was her last like, commercial show. So that's great. And in New York, I, 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 don't have, I don't even know. I think she had a show at the Museum of Art and Design there. But I don't know if she's shown if she's she did. had a solo with a commercial gallery in New York. I mean, that's what that's the dream right. of so right. many artists,
1: right? Well, she had a stoner show with Hales in London um, pre-COVID, can't remember the year. Um, and so this is Hales in New York. So it's pretty exciting. It's um, titled To Kiss a Flower Goodbye and runs till the 18th of June. So New York, wait
0: a minute, when does it open again?
1: It opens, hold on,
0: is it opens today.
2: Oh, congratulations.
0: Uh, open, yes, congratulations. And if you go to freeze, you can see the work.
2: Yeah, if you go to freeze, you can see the work. And another, the other Caribbean artist is also having a, a, a show and Marion Goodman is Tavares Strawn. I think that one right. opened yesterday.
1: Yeah, we mentioned that one I think in the last episode.
2: Yes. And so, I know, I you know, maybe a New York trip's in order. A <laughs> uh, New York trip is in order. And the other, uh, now that we're just going through their New York uh, itineraries, right? Uh, Natalie Pierre, I believe she's also opened something along with Teresa Fernandez with the public Art Commission. So, there's a lot to see.
1: There is. There's also, Angel Elgocene is a Trinidadian curator, um, and he has just announced. Um, he has like a five-year plan around curating various artists from the region. Um, and he is doing a preview of a handful of them, which is Lenora Lynn from Barbados, Kella Sinapa Mary from Guadeloupe, Amber William Williams King from Antigua. Um, and it's all for private viewings at the Lambert Foundation in New York, also, which opens on um, May the 18th. So anyone interested in doing that, call up the Lambert Foundation and um, book an appointment.
0: Nadine Hall is the recipient of a graduate scholarship from the University of Miami, where she was currently pursuing an MFA in sculpture. In 2015, she earned a BFA in textiles and fiber from Edna Manley College of the Visual and Performing Arts. She also received the Principal's Award for Most Outstanding Student in the School of Visual Arts and the award for Most Outstanding Researcher for the class of 2015. Her other awards include 2019 Graduate Fellowship from the Cleveland Museum of Art, and the 2020 MFA Summer Fellowship Award in Art from the College of Arts and Sciences, University of Miami. Nadine is an artist in residence alumna of Diaspora Vibes Cultural Arts Incubator and the Fountainhead Residency in Miami, Florida. In 2019, her first solo exhibition was installed for the National Library of Jamaica's 40th Annual Lecture. In 2021, she had her first international solo exhibition at the University of Miami Witten Center. She has participated in group exhibitions at the Institute of, of Gender and Development Studies, University of the West Indies, Mona, the National Gallery of Jamaica, and the University of Miami-Wynwood Gallery. Nadine, I'm gonna say welcome back because in 2017 we yes. had spent the summer with us and you were one of our mm-hmm. studio visits for the summer.
3: Yes, yes, and that was beautiful with, um, with um, name Shabaka.
0: Yes, only um,
3: with tobacco. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I have um, grown leaps and bones from, from 2017, visiting artists to one week away from completing my MFA in sculpture and a full Jewish and scholarship. No too, Jew- no Jewish and like if somebody had told me this in 2015, I was like, no, you're lying. <laughs> <laughs>
0: congratulations I'm so Thank proud you. of you I've Thank definitely you. seen the growth um mm-hmm. from that time even and mm-hmm. um I found your work so um so comforting because I knew that it was based some of the pieces that I saw that really resonated with me was mm-hmm. based on the relationship um with your mother yes and your mother and at that time I had kind of freshly lost my mother as well oh. I think I lost my mother you before you lost yours wow so it, that all made sense to me. Um, oh, I remember we had a very similar relationship, so oh, no. it was all very touching. So I'm I'm so happy to see your growth and where you've come from and where you are now and all of your accolades. So you graduate this year? You graduate yes, in a few in a few weeks. I
3: graduate next week. <laughs>
0: So now that you're graduating, part uh-huh. of your graduation required you to actually put on a solo show. Yes. So tell us about the show, about the title, and everything about it.
3: Uh, so the show is titled Reclamation and Remembering, Ode to the Building Blocks of My Narrative. Because this journey, I, I, I wanted to know why I did the things that mm-hmm. I did. And I remembered my mother being the dressmaker as a child and I got my influence from her. But I still wanted to know why I had to approach my work from a spiritual perspective. And it was so spiritual, like, oh, it relates to the space and, um, and how people interacted with it. Uh, and I was able to find myself in figuring out where I come from, and why I did the things that I did and why it's expressed in my art. And uh, I went to a thrift store and I was blank. I, I had, because I, I don't just do art because I needed to do a work. It must have substance. And I went to the thrift store and um, I saw shelves of tchotchkes and, and, and stuff, discarded stuff that are waiting for new owners and it took me right back to my great-grandmother's house um when i was five years old she died when i was five but i kept on to those memories of her and um i was like oh my god this is aunt abby's house and i said i have to tell her story but she was just this force of nature she was this beautiful dark skin and just loved she was a farmer, and she rode a, a, a donkey to her farm. She cultivated tobacco. She rolled tobacco. She smoked her cigarette with the lit part in her mouth. She wore her black mantilla to church, and I wanted to be a woman because I wanted to wear that mantilla. And um, she she sold stuff. She went to the to the um, to the bakery, and she got stuff in her community, and she sold. She was one of the first persons in our community to live in a house made of concrete blocks. And so I, just talking at her, the, the memory items in the, in, the, in, the, in the thrift store had me contemplating. And she was such a stern disciplinarian and no-nonsense person. I think she was married four times. Her first husband was a police. He was murdered. But her last husband left her uh, a penny in his will. She took him to court. He did her wrong, and she took him to court, and and he left her a penny. But she's she yeah she she, uh, she she was his boss lady, and like I don't care how much wealth you have, and the consequences you did me wrong. I'm gonna take you to court, you know. <laughs> and so I I wanted to celebrate her, and and. And by extension, celebrate the woman before her. This work is a feminist work. I'm talking about building blocks of narrative. And I'm pulling also from Alice Walker in Search of Her Mother's Gardens and how they were artisans and they did not know. And um, from Cydia Hartman, um, Venus in Two Arts, um, this writing denotes Fabula. Fabula denotes the building blocks of the narrative and how she she she. She made an identity for Venus, Venus in, for Venus in two arcs. And I'm, I am inspired by, these, by this literature. And I'm also inspired by um, Toni Morrison's playing in, playing in the Dark because they had to do the work and they did the work. And so we are able to have these platforms and, and, and these forums and, and these accolades and, um, because of the work that they did. And so the blocks that I'm building, that I use in the the work, it's an ingredient that my mother taught me, that her grandmother taught her the same, Abihail Bogle. And Bogle is significant because we are related. She is direct descendant from a national hero in Jamaica, Paul Bogle, who led the Marant Bay Rebellion. And he was lynched, (laughs) yes. He was lynched in 1865 because of the injustice. They were not being paid. Slavery was abolished, but they were not being paid, and he led a rebellion, you know. And um, a lot of whites died, and he was he was lynched. And so I am I am an extension of that kind of um, and uh, of that kind of resolute kind of personality. And my great grandmother embodied that. And so when I started investigating her life I was like oh my god I'm exactly like her but it was <laughs> affirmation yeah it was affirmation And I was like okay okay let's do the damn thing <laughs> and and so I, I I I used all of summer to 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 really bring the work home I did two explorations with the blocks I I was able to source from one of my landlord's friends um, some blocks, they are dingy. They have mass on them. And um, the professors loved it. And um, I kept on, they were like, these blocks, there's something about these blocks, they were saying. And that rang through all of last um, summer. And then it just hit me. What if I made the blocks out of the ingredients for making coconut drops and peanut cakes? This is a street food in Jamaica. It's common. You go to the bus stop, you see it on the stalls, and um, it's not a glorified food. What if I made the blocks from this ingredient that this legacy that I've inherited from these women who were never celebrated. They were never seen as being important, they were dark skinned. Um, and, and that, that 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 that's a thing that i want to celebrate as well but they did the work they embodied their humanity but they were told that they were not welcome they were not woman enough and they did the best that they could to 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 express that they were feminine and they were women and i also the sort of work is 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 resolve is a resolution of myself of why I do the things that I did and knowing that I am who I am because of them and they survived and they created cultures and they were raped and they were ravaged and they had children, but they were able to sustain, you know, um, uh, themselves and they hoped for the future that one day I would be able to come forward and say, you know, and do the work. The work is layered it is nuanced a whole lot of histories in there starting with the history of sugar and then i used peanuts again the history of peanuts the peanuts they were fed peanuts on this ship and they were peanuts were was introduced to the west when, when 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 the enslaved came and so i wanted to use the food just that culinary arts i wanted to bring that because there's a lot of conversations i had with my mother when she was teaching me this recipe And it took years and i sold it in high school because we were so poor and then she took in two grandchildren on top of that and i was like no send them to their mother you are my mother i i I don't have enough lunch money i am hungry i can't learn because i'm constantly hungry you know what she said said she said you have to do something to help yourself (laughs) at the time it was i was like what are you what like i am 13 what what you don't have the money so you know, it was harsh, but it was the reality. You know that I had to deal with. And um, she said, "Sell candies," and I started selling candies. And she's, she bought the first bag of candy, and it was for thirty dollars, and it had two hundred and thirty or two hundred
0: and forty units. And I sold the candies for a dollar. I'm listening to you talk about um, your history and your family's history and how you explored it through your work. Mm-hmm. Are you using this work to change the trajectory of your family's history? Gee. We talk about that all the time. You see yeah. it all the time on social media, You know, breaking generational curses, changing things for my kids and my family. So is that what you're doing with the work? Are you changing the narrative? You think? I think I think the narrative was already changed
3: when I learned how to make the coconut drops and the and the and the peanut cakes from from I was 13 because there was a generational cycle. My mother had her first child at what 18, 17. My grandmother had my mother at 16, and my mother was her second child. And my mother's first child had her child at 18, and so. When I learned, when, I, when my mother taught me how to make these and, and um, these coconut cakes, this is, this is the coconut, <laughs> coconuts, sugar, ginger, and, and you cook it and you make, the, you make the candy. This was what changed that trajectory. And so I am now using this, this kind of, on one level, it's an emblem of shame that I had to embrace. And then another level, it is this emblem of shame that I am revisiting and re, um, re, uh, it's a new way of seeing. It's a new, it, 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 it which, which has these, these um, layered implications that that are attached to it. It could either be um, I could have settled there, but I saw more in it than 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 just what meets the eye. And like, what if I worked it, what if I? And so this is a new way of seeing, a new way of, 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 of making this material into something else and building on that bare essential that I had. And so it's not just for me, it's also for the people that peddle this, it's the people that, it's their livelihood. And as, as a metaphor, what else does this, what else can we make with this? And I'm changing the dynamic and way of viewing from our relationship with sugar and this like poor people food and bringing it into this high art context and making new stuff, new way of seeing, new meaning, elevating it also with my narrative and also with the people that, that, that this food represents.
0: Nadine, I love it. Susie, Maria, do you have any questions? Um. In
1: well, the, first, in the oh, go, go ahead, ahead Maria. Um, Sorry. No, no.
2: You go. Okay. Go ahead. Well, I would, Well, first I want to say congratulations because um, it's a lot of work to go through the MFA program, and it's I have done those, so it's a lot of like a lot of work and also a lot of pain and struggle. So congratulations on that. Thank you. And and also you know before before we're talking about like you know in in the art industry, there's not nobody comes and tells you, okay, Nadine, this is what you need to do to do this, to get your first show at a museum show, to do this, to do your, you know, to do do all the steps. And I was wondering, you know, what strategies do you use to kind of find your your path?
3: I stay true to the narrative. That's, for me, I stay true to the narrative and then I look at what materials do I use to bring this to life so that it can have a spiritual connection with people. And with my work that I got that the residency with, with my undergrad work, Rosie Gordon-Wallace from Diaspora Vibes, she came into the space, there was no artist, <laughs> there was no, no label apart from the name of the work and that work resonated and that work got me the residency, a visa with somebody with no ties and going to the embassy, it's impossible for somebody. To get a visa with no ties, no husband, no children, no house, no nothing. Na- but the work was able to do that for my entry into the biennial. Um, the curator saw one of my works being deinstalled from an exhibition that was there, the summer exhibition, and he saw it. And I was invited to participate. And I did some other pitches, like oh, I have this concept that. And he was like, "No, it's your textiles work." And then I did the work, and he was like, "This is it." And so I let the work and the narrative I stay true I like bear I'm so vulnerable and I bear it all out and like I said people respond to that because I, I I I I'm kind of kind of bucking the Hollywood version of telling stories it's not real I will tell you my pains with my mother but I will tell you the victories that I've also had with my mother and I will tell you these things and um you know, so doing something new, I, I wanted to challenge myself as well. Like my undergrad work was so impactful, it was so monumental. It's like, how do I do better than that? And so I went in and I, I it was spiritual and I got the idea and I was like, okay, I've not seen sugar like this before, I've not seen this presentation before. And it's not just bringing it to the fore, it's our relationship with sugar. We came here to cultivate the sugar. (laughs) Sugar brought us here. (laughs) And so I want to like, okay, we have done this. I'm tired of about the, the trauma and we came as slaves. And I was like, no, I have this material that was supposed to defeat me and defeat my ancestors, which it did not. So how do I use it now? in a new way and say, okay, I'm making you my bitch. And working. it." <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know. Well, I'm getting all caught up here, Nadine. I'm getting all caught up in the
3: spirit. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic.
1: Like, well done. then I, I like, you, know, you to, like, to, to Yeah, to come ahead, from such a place of Jamaica, you know Jamaica as well as I do, uh-huh. in, probably in different ways in different places, but the trauma here... So many artists go through that and to listen to you and to hear your journey, because I haven't seen you since the Edna Manley graduation show where the work was really beautiful and striking and um, the talent was evidently there. But to see how you've like kind of come full circle to a kind of resolution and power and triumph and you like re-meaning the the very material, you know, it's very inspiring. I feel very moved just sitting here listening to you. So thank you and well done. I mean, it's hard to get there, so you've been doing the work, and that's the work that needs to be done. And then the work does speak for itself, and that is what will journey you into through your your life as an artist. So congratulations. I have to. I have please. to come to the show or something.
3: Please, please. And I have. No. I, have I have. I have. I have a block. I have two blocks that did not make it. Um, in the show, <laughs> so I don't know if you get, yeah, this is, this is one of them right now. Um, and the process, the process, it, it, it was so much work that I took on to myself. Um, I made the de-husking, I did metal work. I made the tools because you have to approach the coconut with such violence. It requires force. Right. You have to use a hammer, you have to smash it on the ground, you have to use a stone, you have to use a machete. And so I made these tools in the metal shop and I got caught. There's a video in the space of me doing it and getting sliced on my finger and the blood is coming out. And I wanted that because that's also a metaphor of, and, and, and coconut is a superfood, but mm-hmm. you have to fight to get to it. And that also speaks to nuance in other narratives about, us as black women and coming even in in, in um even in the West. Um, I have a friend, um, Tracy, Tracy, Tracy used to go to um Edna Manley. She was like a year before me. And she said my great she, she's Chinese, Jamaican. And she said, my great grandmother sold Chinese mustard and some other stuff to buy plane ticket to come. So the work is not just it not just about me, it's about the people nor and and my ancestors it's about the little people the unnamed mm-hmm. people the unnamed women who had to do what they had to do to build a foundation and she's chinese and she was able to relate to the work and and she's mm-hmm. able to celebrate her great grandmother for the work that she did to get them from china to jamaica for a better life you know so so this um i am you know, there are other explorations that I want to do. This is just the beginning with this material. I made the molds with the wood. These are reclaimed wood that a neighbor, that my neighbors in the neighborhood, they they um, bought the houses and they're renovating and they put out this beautiful pine wood on the side of the road. And I took them and I made the, the molds. I made seven molds from the wood. Um, I made... Uh, I did some other tools to get the, 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 the forms out of the molds because sugar is very interesting. When you do it properly, it's like cement,
1: but mm-hmm. it's also
3: fickled and temperamental like glass. So if it's undercooked, it doesn't set. If it's overcooked, you get a different consistency and it becomes more brittle And so I had to do that balance. You have to have the right temperature, the right cook time, the right amount of water to get that consistency. And it was an experimental thing. And I was doing it and trying to get the vision. It was so much work sometimes. I was like, oh, my God, what did I do? (laughs) (laughs) And there was no reference, there was no reference at all to say who did it before, how can I do it? No, I had to figure it out, but it was just a beautiful symphony of, of work and toil and tears. Doing the work, I, I, was, I was transferred out of my department and this is a very important part of the narrative. I have experienced so much racism microaggression, and outright racism in my department. Really? Um, Preparing for my candidacy, I needed to use the wood shop to make my molds. I had my templates and everything. And then I was told that, oh, we are transferring you from being a teaching assistant to a research assistant. And I was like, because I had developed a whole lot of health issues since in the program because of the stress and plantar fasciitis and all of these things. And I was like, oh, you don't need to be on your feet. You can be a research assistant where you just do research. And... I was like, okay. And then when I realized what was happening, I would not have access to the tools and the wood shop to do my malls. And so I said, um, I am rejecting that offer. I'm declining that offer to being a research assistant because I will not have access to materials and tools and stuff as a sculpture grad. And Things went from zero to 100 very fast. And I was told that this is now a legal matter. You are no longer part of the department. You and so I had to find a way. My landlord friend, who gave me the blocks, I asked him, like, Do you have any tools? He said, Yeah, I have a table saw. So I was working from home. All the Instagram posts you see me at home is because I didn't have access to the space. And so I worked from home and I did my thing. And I I embodied what my ancestors went through because they were brought here and then stripped of everything and then were told that you have to live and you have to survive. And plus you have to work for us. You have to give us sex and you have to breastfeed our children too. You know, and I embodied that. And I was like, oh my God, they, and this is 20, 20, 2021, 2022. And I'm experiencing this. And what, Darkness and what you know anguish they would have experienced. And um I I got one block and I presented the one block with the tools that I made. And that was what gave me my candidacy on October 8th. All the other grads chose their dates and everything. I was told when my candidacy date was. I was not told that it was candidacy, I was told that it was a midterm review. So all of these little slick things, you know. But again, I embodied the spirit of my ancestors, especially my great-grandmother. I saw that she was just guiding me and saying, Do this. She said, You are prepared. And I said, God, they want me to sit and I don't have tools. How do I? And I was told you have to present. When I presented, I got a candidacy and it was, it was, it was, yeah. And so that happened. I was like, how dare you? interject yourself in my narrative and not have me talk. I will talk about you if you're going to impose yourself in my narrative. They did that to me. They cut down my installation. And right now they say, oh, we're giving you $500. That's a matter that is now pending. (laughs) That, That has been escalated. They cut down my installation. I was like, what? What are you people doing? You know, but I'm not letting them overshadow the work and the accomplishment. And one of the main reasons I'm doing this work is because they said that these women had no value and i am doing an mfa now and stuff and like, oh you have value you were this i was like no i come from them so i am correcting this this fallacy if i have value now and i come from them they were as much as valuable as i am and so that lie has to be torn down and that was, that was the excuse that they did to, to terrorize them. That was the, 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 the misinformation and the, and, and the fake news and all of those things to justify the brutality, to justify, and I'm using these blocks to say, no, they were valuable. They created languages and, and stuff and, and codes and use your own language and create codes that you can't even understand. And because you don't understand it, you say, oh, that's not English. And yeah. that's Yeah. They fucked up the game and with no education. They fucked it up and they survived. And they have given us the tools in our DNA. And that's why I had to pull from my DNA from the recipe. What just said just was just started having children at 17. Just had nine children by the time she was 34. I'm the last of nine. The society says she has no. No value, no use. And I was like, no, I I, I, I defy that. My mother was beautiful. She was a dressmaker. And that's why I wanted to be a dressmaker just like her, to celebrate her beauty. She was never told that she was beautiful. She, never, she was never told that she was celebrated and she was special and she was talented. So that's, I pull and I say, wherever my art is, people will know her name. And so this is what I do. I'm going back and I'm fixing the stuff and I was like, this is, we can't go on with these um, convenience, th- these these truths of convenience because it suits you because you're offended. No, you're gonna be offended. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna deny my truth and I'm not gonna
0: deny them. But I wanted to ask a question though. So you've talked a lot um, of, of about, you know, what your family has experienced and what you've changed. And also Mm -hmm. some of the things that you've gone through in this MFA program. So for future students, what advice would you give them future Black students as they go through MFA programs? Probably not just in the United States, probably anywhere. Yeah. What do they need to be successful? Two things that they need to be successful. One is never
3: compromise. Never compromise and do put it all out there put it put put it just do what it, all that you can do and then you stop the rest will 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 unfold um i was told not to by another student not to apply to the program. And she was like, Oh, don't go. And I was like, girl, did you get your MFA? And she said yes. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Experiencing it is totally is a whole different something. I'm from Jamaica. Me, I I I have a little corner that I but you know it's not that traumatic. You know, it's really sexism and and, and, and classism, you know. Um, but like, to be attacked just because? No, just, I, I, I was the experiment, the experimented. <laughs> and I was like, no, <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. You all don't know who I am, do you? <laughs> I've got this warrior gene that you know, my ancestor was lynched because he led a rebellion in Jamaica. Come on now, you know. So I stood and I and, and I fought, and it was terrible. I cried for three years. I literally cried, and um and and just gained weight because that was my outlet—just food. People know me. <laughs> I came here 119 pounds. Like seriously, people know me from Jamaica. They're like, I work for two hours per day. Like, like. Insanely counting calories and stuff. When I was here, I just needed to live. I just needed the breath in my body. To be honest, I was at that point. I just, I just need to live. I don't need to watch my weight. I don't need. I just need to live. And so I just comforted myself with the comfort food and put on. I was like, yeah. When this is done, I'm gonna get back and lose the weight and stuff. But I needed to live and I needed to do this work.
0: Nadine, thank you so much. We are very <laughs> proud of you. We are very proud of you. And so, where can we find the show and how long will it be up? All right, the show
3: goes through to May 16th. I have an artist talk at 4 p.m. Um, on, the, on the 14th of May. And this is at the Winwood Building. Okay. The black and white striped building in Wynwood. It's suite number four, UM Gallery. And um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's it. Go through to the... Please come to the Artist Talk if you can. We get to walk through the space and we have this intimate walkthrough. I do serve coconut drops and peanut cakes in the space so that you can actually taste nice um the, the the ingredients of what makes these these blocks and these bricks I also have bricks and blocks and pavers um, and yeah it's it's uh, it's I have photography there's video there's just a whole you know yeah. clean polished presentation
0: I love it Thank you so much and where can we find you on social media
3: social media um, Instagram I don't have a website as yet. Um, but it's Facebook, Nadine Hall, and Instagram, Nadine Natalie Hall, and LinkedIn,
0: Nadine Hall. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, this was a great opportunity and a great conversation. So guys, let's you know do the rundown before we get out. Before we go, we have some housekeeping. Make sure that you are sharing, that you are subscribing. Um, that you're leaving us all the stars whatever platform you're listening to us on leave all of the stars and great comments keep them coming we love it make sure to visit us at sugarcanemag.com and also make sure that you're following us at sugarcane magazine on instagram and before we go we do want to thank our sponsor famu florida a m university's medical marijuana education and research initiative our sponsors for our series this week in black arts I'm sorry, our sponsors for This Week in Caribbean Art and Culture. Fam You Marry is educate, learn, and talk about cannabis in Florida, educating and informing Florida's minority communities about medical marijuana and the potential consequence to health and well-being from recreational use. Thank you so much. We will talk to you next week. Have a great week. Be well. Bye,
1: everybody. Thank you, Nadine. Bye. Well, thanks again.